This is the scripture from the Last Supper, Luke 22:14 through 23. When the time came, Jesus took his place at the table, and the apostles joined him. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I tell you, I won't eat it until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. After taking a cup and giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. I tell you that from now on, I won't drink from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom has come. After taking the bread and giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the meal and said, This cup is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, my betrayer is with me. His hand is on the table. The human one goes just as it has been determined. But how terrible for the person who betrays him. They began to argue among themselves about which of them it could possibly be who would do this. together, eat this bread. Garden and his arrest, Luke 22, 31 through 33, and 39 through 53. Simon, Simon, look, Satan has asserted the right to sift you all like wheat. However, I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. When you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. Peter responded, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Jesus left and made his way to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom, and the disciples followed him. When he arrived, he said to them, Pray that you won't give in to temptation. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not my will, but your will must be done. Then a heavenly angel appeared to him and strengthened him. He was in anguish and prayed even more earnestly. His sweat became like drops of blood falling on the ground. When he got up from praying, he went to the disciples. He found them asleep. Overcome by grief, he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you won't give in to temptation. While Jesus was still speaking, a crowd appeared, and the one called Judas One of the twelve was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the human one with a kiss? When those around him recognized what was about to happen, they said, Lord, should we fight with our swords? One of them struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Jesus responded, Stop! No more of this. 
he touched the slave's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come to get him, Have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a thief? Day after day I was with you in the temple, but you didn't arrest me. But this is your time when darkness rules. denies Jesus from Luke 22:54 to 62. After they arrested Jesus, they led him away and brought him to the high priest's house. Peter followed from a distance. When they lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant woman saw him sitting in the firelight. She stared at him and said, "This man was with him too." But Peter denied it. "Woman, I don't know him." A little while later, someone else saw him and said, you, you are one of them too. Peter said, man, I'm not. An hour or so later, someone else insisted this man must have been with him because he is Galilean too. Peter responded, man, I don't know what you are talking about. At that very moment, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered the Lord's words. Before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and cried uncontrollably. Jesus on trial. The men who were holding Jesus in custody taunted him while they beat him. They blindfolded him and asked him repeatedly, Prophesy, who hit you? Insulting him, they said many other horrible things against him. As morning came, the elders of the people, both chief priests and legal experts, came together and Jesus who brought before the council. They said, If you are the Christ, tell us. He answered, If I tell you, you won't believe. And if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on, the human one will be seated on the right hand of the right side of the power of God. They all said, are you God's son then? He replied, you say that I am. Then they said, why do we need further testimony? We've heard it from his own lips. 
The whole assembly got up and led Jesus to Pilate and began to accuse him. They said, We have found this man misleading other people, opposing the payment of taxes to Caesar, and claiming that he is Christ, the king. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, That's what you say. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and crowds, I find no legal basis for action against this man. But they objected strenuously, saying, He agitates the people with his teaching throughout Judea, starting from Galilee all the way here. Hearing this, Pilate asked the man if the man was Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was from Herod's district, Pilate sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was very glad to see him, for he had heard about Jesus and had wanted to see him for quite some time. He was hoping to see Jesus perform some sign. Herod questioned Jesus at length, but Jesus did not respond to him. The chief priests and the legal experts were there, fiercely accusing Jesus. Herod and the soldiers treated Jesus with contempt. Herod mocked him by dressing Jesus in elegant clothes and sent him back to Pilate. Pilate and Herod became friends and with each other, with each other that day. Before this, they had been enemies. Then Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. He said to them, You have brought this man before me as one who was misleading the people. I have questioned him in your presence and found nothing in this man's conduct that provides legal basis for the charges you have brought against him. Neither did Herod, because Herod returned him to us. He has done nothing that deserves death. Therefore, I'll have him whipped, then let him go. But one voice, but with one voice they shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison because of a riot that had occurred in the city and from murder. Pilate addressed them again because they wanted to rele- he wanted to release Jesus. They kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time, Pilate said to them, Why? What wrong has he done? I found no legal basis for the death penalty in this case. Therefore, I will have him whipped, then let him go. But they were adamant, shouting their demand that Jesus be crucified. Their voices won out. Pilate issued his decision to grant the request. He released the one they asked for, who had been thrown into prison because of a riot and murder. But he handed Jesus over to their will. Calvary's mournful mountain climb, there adoring at his feet, mark the miracle of time, God's own sacrifice complete, it is finished, hear him cry, learn of Jesus Christ to Crucifixion, Luke 23, 26-46 As they led Jesus away, they grabbed Simon, a man from Cyrene, who was coming from the countryside. They put the cross on his back, made him carry it behind Jesus. A huge crowd of people followed Jesus, including women who were mourning and wailing for him. Jesus turned to the women and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't cry for me. 
Rather, cry for yourselves and your children. The time will come when they will say, Happy are those who are unable to become pregnant, the wombs that never gave birth, and the breasts that never nursed a child. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. If they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? They also led two other criminals to be executed with Jesus. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They drew lots as a way of dividing up his clothing. The people were standing around watching. But the leaders sneered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he really is Christ sent from God, the chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him. They came up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, If you really are the king of the Jews, why don't you save yourself? And above his head was a notice of the formal charge against him. It read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging next to Jesus insulted him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Responding, the other criminal spoke harshly to him. Don't you fear God, seeing that you've also been sentenced to die? We are rightly condemned, for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness covered the whole earth until about three o'clock, while the sun stopped shining. Then the curtain in the sanctuary tore down the middle, and crying out in a loud voice, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I entrust my life. And after he said this, he breathed for the last time.
Jesus' burial, Luke 23, 47 through 56. When the centurion saw what happened, he praised God saying, It's really true, this man was righteous. And all the crowds who had come together to see this event returned to their homes, beating their chests after seeing what had happened. And everyone who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance observing these things. Now there was a man named Joseph who was a member of the council. He was a good and righteous man. He hadn't agreed with the plan and actions of the council. He was from the Jewish city of Arimathea and eagerly anticipated God's kingdom. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Taking it down, he wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid it in a tomb carved out of the rock in which no one had ever been buried. It was preparation day for the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was quickly approaching. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph. They saw the tomb and how Jesus' body was laid in it. Then they went away and prepared fragrant spices and perfumed oils. They rested on the Sabbath in keeping with the commandment. Consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by coming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And everybody both here and at home said, Amen. As we consider to walk into Holy Week this week, we'll be looking at our now our Holy Week Lent bags. If you haven't picked those up, they are out here in the connector. You'll need something for Easter. If you don't have it, you're, you're going to miss out. 
So I would really get that bag because there's something in there you're going to want to have that we're going to draw attention to at the Easter service. So please pick up your bags uh, anytime you want. They're here and available. We also uh, have in that the palm branches, palm crosses. Those of you who are here today, you're welcome to take a palm branch home. Take it with you. We have them. We have plenty for today and beyond. There also are palm crosses that are out here that were made by the group yesterday as well. And there are also resurrection eggs. Yep, go past it now. Yep, go past it now. Resurrection eggs to pick up for all the kids. So uh, please uh, pick those up as well. So everything is out there for you uh, to be able to have to celebrate and to remember during this Holy Week as we go through this. I do want to say a special thanks to Jerry and Nisla who are hiding up in the balcony as well as the crew who got together. And they have pictures too, please. There they all are. So they all came out, and uh, they were able to come out. I think Lana is the only person missing from that group because she was over right where Jerry's in the middle. But Jerry even prayed over everything before they started. And uh, it was just amazing to watch them come together and to enjoy being together and doing this for you. So those palm crosses are there for us to take home. They're already made. You can make your own too. Uh, that's all out there as well. So appreciate that. And then Seder meal today is at 3 p.m. And there's a link last night in your email, and you're welcome to watch us. It's too late to be on site if you haven't signed up in person, but you're welcome to watch us from home. And we will have some Q&A at the end of that if you have any questions or some things you ever always wanted to do. So if you have never done the Seder meal and been a, a part of it, I would really encourage you. This is the best chance you'll ever get to be able to watch it from home. Uh, or those who are joining us will be here too. So and those who are joining us, we're going to eat after the Seder part, so that way there's not a big space in between like we would normally do uh, before. So we look forward to seeing you guys for there. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we finish the last of the seven words. Gracious God, as we gather in this place and as we gather at home, we come to you to speak, to hear, to listen these last words. Pour into us, into these words that I have, and let them be acceptable and pleasing to you, and may they challenge us and guide us in this holy week ahead. Everybody, both here and at home, ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, the Comforter, to be present with us in these moments, to fully have ears to listen. And both here and at home, we said together, Amen. So in John's Gospel, as we look at this and follow along with you version, if you find the event and are able to follow along, in John's Gospel, Jesus' very last words offer just as much hope and encouragement as Jesus' last words in Luke, which we've already heard. When we last left Jesus last week at the cross in John's Gospel and the week before, immediately after Jesus speaks to his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near the cross, Scripture tells us this. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill the Scripture, I am thirsty. And actually, my voice is. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. 
And that is where we left him. So then when Jesus had received the wine, he says this, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John 19, 30. Jesus knows everything is now finished. And after Jesus drinks the sour wine offered to him from the hyssop branch, he expends his last ounce of energy and breath to say, It is finished. But this leaves me wondering something. What does Jesus mean by it? What does he mean by finished? While Jesus' human suffering is certainly coming to an end, finished, these words have, as always the case with John's Gospel, a deeper and more symbolic meaning if we listen for it. Too early. Save it. While Jesus is human, he knows that the time will come for him to be arrested. He knows he's in control. He knows it's not a cry of defeat in death, but a victory. In John's Gospel, Jesus always is in control of everything. He knows what's going to happen, what is what is happening, what's going to happen. He knows the time is going to come for him to be arrested and crucified. He knows that Judas will betray him. In spite of that, you notice that he does not keep Judas from the table before he leaves. Remember that every time that we come to communion. That we are not worthy either. And yet he dips bread with us. He rebukes Peter for striking the high priest's servant because he knows that he must walk the path that leads to Golgotha. Jesus' last words in John's Gospel are actually one word. It is finished is actually one word. In Aramaic or Greek, is tetelestai. Say tetelestai. Say it again. Tetelestai. Talk to your friends about it. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. Go out to lunch. Tetelestai. Tetelestai means... Finished or completed. That word shows up several times in John's Gospel. When Jesus' disciples show surprise, he's been talking to an outsider, the Samaritan woman at the well we talked about last week, and he's sharing the news with her that he is the Messiah. He responds to the other disciples, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to what? Complete. Complete his work. The next chapter, Jesus says, The work that the Father has given me to what? Complete. The very works that I am doing. And on the night before he is crucified, Jesus prays, I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. John 17. And on the cross, the work that the Word in the flesh was sent to earth to perform is finished. Jesus is announcing mission accomplished. It was accomplished through His acts of mercy and love as He used His hands to feed the hungry, to heal the sick, to wash His disciples' feet, to teach us by example what it means to love one another just as He has loved us. 
And in his dying words, Jesus is now saying, My work on earth for your behalf is now completed. But is the work, is the work really, really finished? Or does his work actually bring a new beginning? Telestai. The way that Jesus uses this word on the cross describes something that is complete, but is ongoing. Far-reaching implications into the future. You may recognize in Telestai the root word telling, which we use in words like telescope, which actually means to see far. Or telephone, which actually means voice or sound from far. Jesus' mission is complete, but the impacts of His saving work extend for all time and to all people far, far, far away from the cross. Jesus' work of rescuing us from our sin and death is complete. His overcoming the worst of humanity, we might live like Him. His work of offering forgiveness is complete. His work of showing us what the sacrificial love of God looks like is complete. His actions on earth demonstrating the true character and love of God is complete. His creating a way for His church and His mission to continue is complete. And His example of how as disciples our lives should be formed like His to experience abundant and eternal life now and beyond death is complete. And His reconciliation of God and humanity eliminating any distance, any veil between us, finished and signified by the tearing of the veil in the temple is now complete. Jesus left nothing undone or unsaid before He died. All that He wanted us to hear, all that He wanted us to learn and to experience and emulate was evident and completed on the cross. Jesus' work on earth is finished. But His work in us and in the world is ongoing. His work to show God's love and care and mercy to those who suffer and who are sick and who are hungry, those who are isolated and alone, those who are fighting for all of our lives on every front, that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That the work is ongoing in us and through us as God's sons and daughters. That never stops. It's not completed because there is so much work yet to be done for His kingdom. Amen? That we will see once again this week the cross is not a defeat. One writer said this, Jesus is God's defining revelation of love so pure, so complete, that it pours itself out for us in the knowledge that love wins the victory over our human fear, our human hate, and our human violence. And as Paul tried to explain it to the new Christians at Corinth, that this idea of a crucified Messiah may seem like foolishness to people who knew Greek culture, 
But it may be a stumbling block to those among the Jews who expected the Messiah to be a ruler with military might. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Nothing less. And the question for us then becomes, what will we let God do in our hearts and our lives? As Paul professed to be in Christ, with Christ working in us, is to participate in Christ's work of reconciliation and transforming love. And so he writes this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. We, as Christians, are to be a people of reconciliation, of restitution, When we participate in Christ, when we follow the path marked out for us as disciples, when we listen to these seven good words we've heard since the start of Lent, we allow ourselves to become like Jesus. Pouring ourselves in acts of grace and mercy for others. Trusting fully in God and inspiring others to trust as well. Offering forgiveness even to those who wound us. Offering others through our example a glimpse of God's kingdom. And living out what it means to be a new kind of family connected by God's love. And thirsting for what is just and right. And remaining faithful to our calling and our mission to the end. Those are the things we heard through every week. We won't always know how the witness we offer to Christ may change the lives of others. We barely know. And in ways we may never see. Paul himself tells us that we are called to water seeds others have planted in Christ's name and to tend God's field. But it is God, as Paul reminded us, who gives the increase. And following Jesus, it is in God we trust. It is in God upon whom we cast our hopes and our fears. And so to close, I pray that over these last six weeks you have heard how Jesus' last words were meant for you. And now during Holy Week as we walk with and we follow Jesus in these last days of His life from entering Jerusalem with palms to heading to His last days of the Passion May you draw closer to the cross. And most of all, may God bless your hands and feet as you answer the call to take up your cross and follow Him. To follow where Jesus has walked and will walk again this week, sowing seeds of the kingdom along the way. And may God grant you the faith to pour yourself out in love for all of your life until you are able one day to complete your mission and to say as a faithful servant, into your hands, Lord, I hand over my spirit.
Amen. Hear these words from Psalm 118, these selected verses, especially for this day. I thank you because you answered me, because you were my saving help. The stone rejected by the builders is now the main foundation stone. This has happened because of the Lord is astounding in our sight. This is the day the Lord acted, and we will rejoice and celebrate in it. Lord, please save us. Lord, please let us succeed. The one who enters in the Lord's name is blessed. We bless all of you from the Lord's house. The Lord is God. He has shined a light on us. So lead the festival offering with ropes all the way to the horns of the altar. You are my God. I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will lift you up high. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, because his faithful love lasts forever.
Praise the Lord. To you who triumphed over death, we sing our praise. Your steadfast love endures forever. As we face your death and recall the week of your suffering, may we do so with a joy that anticipates the celebration of your resurrection. May we do so with this confidence to turn to you in both life and death. Today is only part of the story. Jesus' triumph leads to his death, his death to his resurrection. May the journey of this week lead you into the fullness of Christ's love. And everybody both here and at home said, Amen.
beautiful worship today. Thank you, God. For everyone that is here, you're dismissed. Here we go.